What if Godzilla was one of us? Just a slob like one of us. Eating strangers on the bus in downtown Tokyo. Back to Manhattan all alone. Nobody calling on the phone. Except for Frenchman John Renault. Do you like my new hit single? That was beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, it was tragically left off of uh, Godzilla, the album, but I'm kind of hoping that it'll be in the new one. Hello, and welcome to another fantabulous episode of the OST Party. This is a podcast where movie fans and music fans get together and have a rockin' good time. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I will be your co-host for this evening. Here with me tonight is my lovely, and I hope very belligerent co-host, Libby Cudmore. Libby, I apologize for everything I've done to you this week. Well, you should, because this is terrible. Um, just want to give a shout out uh, to the co-writer of that song, my dad, Dana Cudmore. Uh, <laughs> helped me co-write uh, What If Godzilla Was One of Us. I hope so, to hear a full-fledged uh, version of the song very it, soon. When when one comes out, you'll be the first to know. Awesome. Uh, yes, tonight on the show, because there is a new Godzilla coming out, we have to talk about uh, the only Godzilla album that exists, as far as I know. Godzilla the Album from 1998, which corresponds with the 1998 feature film, Godzilla. The film. The film. A Roland like, Emmerich film. It's like, uh, it's like Spaceballs, like Godzilla the merchandise, Godzilla the breakfast cereal, Godzilla the cartoon, Godzilla the flamethrower, Godzilla God- the French roast blend. I don't know. <laughs> Godzilla 3, The Search for Godzilla 2. <laughs> because there was no Godzilla 2, because this movie... It didn't tank, but it did bad enough, and everyone hated it, and they never made another. <laughs> yeah, and it is rightfully hated. Everything about it is loathsome. With, I'm, I'm going to say, like, two exceptions, and both of them are on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this right now. This was my choice, partly because this was my... When I was 12 years old, this album kind of was my taste in music. I have, a, a, I have some major affection for some songs off this album, but even then... This movie is a fucking train wreck. It is. And I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to say something tonight that will probably get me canceled. Uh, I just had a great uh, record Saturday uh, and it's going to, everything that I had that was like cool and everybody thought I was like really introspective about music. It's all going to go like down the toilet. So I don't, I don't even care. You know, yellow. Mm -hmm. I'm just being my authentic self here. Live your truth. That's all I can say. Yeah. There's going to be some hot takes tonight. It is. It has been my mission with this show is to bring you down to my level. <laughs> I Welcome was to, already there. <laughs> Welcome um, to the world of the music plebs. <laughs> but um, this, I have actually, I had never seen this film up until you you brought it up. I'd been blissfully unaware, but for like the dumbest reason possible. Like somehow the reason that I I haven't seen this film is dumber than actually watching the film. Can, can I can I just make one guess as to why? Go ahead. 
Uh, I'm going to guess you didn't see it because you were going to see it with someone who dumped you and then they dumped you before you could see it. No, I kind of wish though. No, what happened was um, when this came out, I had just started dating uh, my ex, Aaron, who uh, everyone who's ever heard me podcast has heard me talk a lot of shit about this guy because he was the worst. He refused to go see it, which is fine, but also refused to let me see it. Um, because the tagline, as you recall, is size does matter. Yes. And he took that as a personal insult against Yoda's uh, decree that size matters not. He was a big Star Wars nerd. And I think I tried to explain to him, like, uh, I think it's a penis joke. But he was insistent that they were just shitting all over Star Wars. So I was banned from seeing it, which is fine because I didn't really want to see it anyway. But theaters have air conditioning, which most houses in upstate New York do not. So I probably saw something equally shitty that just didn't make fun, that didn't go you know, quote unquote make fun of Star Wars. I probably saw a Deep Impact or something. Oh man, well I mean I really think size does matter is a dig at Jurassic Park two because that came out the year before, and Godzilla is many times larger than a T Rex. I guess, or it's just it's just a dick joke. It's I mean it can be two things. I guess I know it was just again it was just like the dumbest, dumbest thing. But um, but I do remember this film being out. I remember it being everywhere. I remember the Taco Bell commercials. Yes. The Taco Bell, where the little Taco Bell dog, like, faces off with Godzilla or something. Yeah. And, like, in my head, I could still hear it being like, here, lizard, lizard. I'm like, oh, that's... Oh, yeah. Hey, Godzilla, want something to drink? <laughs> that's like that? That is what is in my head. Not my niece's birthday. <laughs> but the 1998 tie-in Taco Bell Godzilla mm -hmm. commercials. And this, fine. This, this entire movie is basically like corporate synergy, the movie, because there's the Taco Bell tie-in, which you see all over the movie. I'm pretty sure they had tie-ins with Doritos. In the film itself, I saw ads for Amtrak and Konica and Taco Bell. And do you remember a little soft drink called Josta? Because that's in this movie, too. Also, Blockbuster? Yep. yep. Um, the problem with, with this one was that I... This uh, maybe this was in the the beginning of that trend where everything is shot in the dark in the rain, mm -hmm. so you couldn't see anything unless it's a neon sign advertising <laughs> something. Or or you could see his little uh, Matthew Broderick's little uh, Kodak camera. Oh yeah, and it's just like okay. I remember trying to get friend like pictures of my friends at Girl Scout camp on one of those. And those came out blurry. You're going to tell me that you're going to get a picture of Godzilla as he rampages through downtown Manhattan? I'm one of those. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> sure. Why not? I mean, 1998 was like peak, um, peak, like standard definition TV. Like we hadn't quite moved over into like HD or DVD fully yet. So everything just looked like shit anyway. Yeah. Which kind of explains a lot of the look of the movie too. So for this watch i actually went out and bought the brand spanking new like 4k hd blu-ray for this and let me tell you it's look the movie looks better than it ever has but also the godzilla and the movie looks shittier than he ever has because you can see all the seams in the computer hd bullshit it's i now kind of want to see that i mean i just like rented it from amazon and like laid out on my couch high on coal meds <laughs> watching it so like oh it's it's a it's a revelation how shitty this movie is so okay we need to back up and just start talking about soundtrack stuff we have a lot of ground to cover yes. uh but before we do any of that we gotta uh, do some uh, housekeeping from last week 
All right. Uh, so last episode we did Earth Girls Are Easy, and uh, I've got the poll right up here. Should I just launch right into it, or would yes, you like please. to? Okay. Because I don't um, have it. With 59% of the vote, our listeners voted Because uh, I'm a Blonde is the best uh, song on the Earth Girls Are Easy soundtrack. We are a blonde. Way to go, guys. We are all blonde. Uh, Love Train got a measly one vote. Oh, Sorry, Love that Train. That was me. That was me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, when I was playing this for my husband, um, he was like, no, Love Train is terrible. This is, that's a terrible cover. So. Whatever. I know. I tried to argue. I'm like, no, it isn't. It's actually quick and hollow notes are fucking national treasures. So don't sass me, boy. No shit. We also did a second poll asking uh, who had who'd had the best use of James Dean's You're Tearing Me Apart from Rebel Without a Cause. Um, and no surprise here, 80% of y'all decided that Tommy Weasel did it better than Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, I really, because Jim Carrey's is kind of weaselly, but I wanted to give him a fair shake. Really, Tommy Weasel has, they should replace, because uh, I know, you know, that's among like the greatest quotes of all time. They really mm. should replace James Dean's with Tommy Weasel. Yeah, they really should. Just splice that into the Rebel Without a Cause. Or like put an asterisk, like, see also Tommy Weasel in the room. <laughs> see also, yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we will be uh, loading up a, another poll for the Godzilla album at the end of this episode. So go on to our Twitter, at OST Party, and check that out and give it a vote. And uh, so without further ado, let's talk about Godzilla the album. Oh, boy. I, ha- I have some uh, box, not box office, I have some uh, billboard charts and stats to tell you about first, though. Yes. Because this, this album actually charted. Oh, yes, it did. This album... Uh... You were required to have it in 1998. It came free with every pair of Jankos and every tiny backpack. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also, uh, every Fruitopia purchase also came with a copy of the CD. Like, you couldn't get away from it. Yeah, it was there. Uh, so the album came out May 19th, 1998. It charted in June, debuting at number four. And it peaked at number two the very next week. Only shut out of the top spot by the City of Angels soundtrack. Ooh, which we're ooh, I don't I don't know which is honestly worse because they didn't play anything from Godzilla at prom. Oh man! So that's like gonna, they, didn't, that's, they didn't play "Come with Me" to at prom. No, <laughs> "Come with Me" to prom. <laughs> I'm sorry. Get out. No. <laughs> All right. So also in the top ten that week, the Titanic soundtrack hit was at number ten, which and... I was also not allowed to see. <laughs> wow. Did this guy just have a hate on for James Cameron too? No, because he didn't want it to beat Star Wars. Oh bullshit! I, I oh know. My I, God, I know he was the worst. So I was not allowed okay. to see Godzilla or Titanic, two movies I had no interest in seeing anyway. But again, air conditioning, mm-hmm. and to this day, I still haven't seen Titanic. But I'm not sure I want to put like five hours of my life on hold. I know the ship sinks. I know he like he dies. I, I don't care. My Here's- heart is not going to go on. Here's my hot take on Titanic. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah, I just, whatever. <laughs> it's a movie. Whatever. So let me finish this up real quick. Um, the week that uh, Godzilla peaked at number two was the same week that the Space Jam soundtrack finally fell off the charts. Now, I have to ask you a very fun, a very fun question. Which soundtrack do you think lasted longer on the charts, Titanic or Space Jam? I'm going to say Space Jam. You would be correct. Yes. <laughs> Titanic lasted 71 weeks. Space Jam lasted 80 weeks. Wow. Um <laughs> I actually I remember uh hearing my heart will go on I when I couldn't sleep 
one night. So I was listening mm-hmm. to the radio and I flipped stations and it was on another station at the same time. Oh. That was another song you couldn't escape. No, never. So you, you, between you that, were... I believe I can fly mm-hmm. and the Wallflowers cover of Heroes. It was just it was it was a long fucking summer. 98 was was the, a summer of hell. Yeah. And then and then Armageddon came along and made it oh, worse. Oh god. Oh god, Armageddon. Mhm. What were we thinking? We weren't. Was this the real answer? We we were blissfully unaware that anything bad could happen. I know. Well, because we'd had Independence Day, we'd had Jurassic Park. We're just like we had had Men in Black. We're like everything is great, and then it was just like, haha, we're but taking all of that from you. Here's Godzilla. Star Wars had just come back, and we were riding that high for a little while, I know. and then, <laughs> and then uh, 1998. Sorry, all. That's when it all turned bad. Yep, and then even Star Wars turned bad. Okay, so Godzilla the album is a fascinating beast in that it's mostly terrible, but not really. It's just not a great soundtrack. It's not a great soundtrack for this movie, and there's a lot of it that would be great on other soundtracks. Like, there's, if you relabeled the Godzilla, if you took the Godzilla CD that you got with your Fruitopia, uh-huh. and you put the cover of the music from the hit series Friends in, which you really know the difference. I mean, you've got Michael Penn, you've got Ben Folds, like there's a lot of really kind of like soft indie rock on here that would that you wouldn't know it wouldn't be out of place on Party of Five. And then also <laughs> just a lot of like mainstream rock detritus that you really wouldn't miss on like Remember those C- those like compilation CDs they would put out in the late nineties that they'd advertise on TV? Yes, w- with, with like a dude skydiving with a guitar, and it's like the hot nineties like rock jams, and it's always crap like Fuel and Silverchair and Skid Row. Well, most of those are on the soundtrack, yep. not Skid Row. <laughs> Goddamn Fuzz Bubble. <laughs> yeah, there was some stuff that I listened to as I was listening to this, and then immediately forgot. Hmm. Like, so, pretty much the entire back half of this album. Honestly, when you said Fuzz Bubble, I'm like, okay, he's just making that up. And then I check, like, oh, no, wait, that was a song that I listened to. <laughs> <laughs> so the big singles off of the Godzilla album, there were, te- I mean, there were technically four. Uh, Wikipedia lists uh, Come With Me by Puff Daddy, Deeper Underground by Jamiroquai, and No Shelter by Rage Against the Machine. So I guess the Wallflowers released Heroes on their own. Because they don't list it here. And I know for a fact there's a music video where the Wallflowers sing at Godzilla. Well, um, I'm seeing it on that it is it is listed on the... Uh, oh, you're right. It's not listed as on the singles. Um, huh, that's weird. I can't believe Heroes only peaked at number 10. That song is goddamn amazing. It's a really good song. Like, to be honest, are we, are we just going to launch into this the songs let's, now? Let's do it. All right, let's uh, hear a little bit of Heroes by the Wallflowers. Here's my hot take. We're just going to get it out of the way. I fucking love this song. This is the version. David Bowie's version is great. David Bowie is untouchable. This is the version I always reach for. And for mm-hmm. a couple of reasons. One, it's the first one I heard. 
And yep. that's a big word. And number two, I remember um, I was driving uh, with my friend Jason and I put this on a mix CD for him and we were just driving. It was late. We weren't really talking, mostly just sort of out of distractedness and tiredness. And this came on and very quietly, we each realized that the other one was singing along. <laughs> and so now we're just like hurtling to the dark, just like singing heroes at the top of our lungs and it is one of the happiest memories i have of him that's great and yeah and so it always like it makes me think of that i really 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 love it and you were required as a teenage girl as a heterosexual teenage girl in 1998 to think that jacob dylan was hot it's just you had to Honestly, I feel like the Wallflowers always kind of got a bum rap because partly because he's related to Bob Dylan, but also partly because I don't know. I feel like that kind of rock really fizzled out really quickly. Yeah, they had like their one hot moment, and then mm. it was over, and then we got new metal, and which is terrible. Like we didn't get anything better. No, we got we, boy we, bands, and they we suck. S- we still haven't gotten anything better. No, the Wallflowers are fine. Um, and I think this is this is their best song. Uh, and then the difference, and then one headlight. But this song is great. And I, will, I will stump for Sleepwalker, but uh, that's a d- discussion for another day. That's fair. Um, and the video is absurd, and I don't understand it. It's basically they're playing while Godzilla destroys uh, their apartment, and a girl goes out for milk. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand music videos. That's something that I have just never quite understood. Like, the stories of music videos. I'm just like, what is going on here? Like we, like we need, we need to come up with a, a theme and a story to tell in our five minute video. Uh, some girl goes and gets milk. Godzilla's there. Jacob sings out a window. Go, go. We just need to shoot it now. There's a helicopter. Mm-hmm. So well, and he seems really unfazed that Godzilla is destroying everything. Well, then it's it's very much like the people in the movie because yeah. they really aren't reacting to much of anything. Yeah, and they're very like. They apparently get everybody out of New York in about three hours, which you can't get anywhere in New York in three hours. You can't get to and from Fairway in three hours. It's New York. And so and then everyone who has the same umbrella is like, oh, we want to get back in. Like, guys, there's a giant monster rampaging downtown. Fucking chill a little bit. Um, Also, the mayor is Mayor Ebert and his uh, assistant is Jean, who later gives thumbs up, thumbs down. And it's just like, guys, Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich, why are you such douchebags? Apparently, they hate. They were really mad that that uh, Roger Ebert did not like uh, Independence Day, and so they decided to really get a, get a good one in at him by putting a character named Ebert in the movie, which is not the best comeback ever, guys. No, it's a terrible comeback, and. Especially when, like, it gave fuel for Roger Ebert, who, like, who panned this movie by basically saying, if you're going to put me in your, in your Godzilla movie, at least have the good sense to kill me. Yeah, the only good thing about uh, Mayor Ebert and his sidekick was that at least Godzilla didn't step on us. Well, but Roger, I fully expected that to happen. And I think the audience is waiting for that to happen. Yeah, maybe they should have included that. Again, they're... Bring him on stage, at least squish him, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's like, well, now... He said something about, like, well, now I look forward to the next Igmar, uh, Igmar Berman film where they sit around and read my reviews. I was like, oh, man. God bless you, Roger Ebert, wherever he, you are. He was too good for us. 
<laughs> um, but this this song actually does appear in the film. Not not a whole lot of them do, but this one does. Yeah, uh, it's it's in the bar when she's when she gets when um. So the the main the main female protagonist in this film is Audrey, who is sort of a, a news girl who wants to be a reporter, and she sees her chance to be a reporter by. Uh, getting back with her college boyfriend, her college ex-boyfriend, who is played by Matthew Broderick, who is a an animal biologist that that the government has brought in to investigate this giant monster that is terrorizing New York City, and she has basically stolen secret information from him and is about to broadcast it on live TV. So she goes to a bar to watch her first big news story, and they're playing heroes in the bar in the background. Yeah, and which is basically the explanation for every other song playing in this film. It's playing in the background on a radio somewhere. Yeah, and that's not that's not uncommon. We're not, you know, dissing that, but it it is, I don't know. It's just I think the problem is that the songs that are here are only played like in a 10-minute snippet so that they can say, "Hey, this is on the soundtrack." Yeah, and it's also the songs the, so many of the songs out here they don't fit the tone of the film no and it's just i mean heroes does deeper underground does come with me i is strange but macy's day parade by michael penn air by ben folds five which is not a cover of the seven day diary song from the tommy boy soundtrack <laughs> um it just doesn't Sil- silver chair is untitled None of these sound like songs for a movie that is 90% people yelling and CGI hot Godzilla rampaging through downtown. Godzilla in this film looks like the douchiest guy at your gym. <laughs> He's a gym rat. This is a total he, gym rat Godzilla. He should be wearing a tank top. Oh, be like, man. Do you even lift, bro? <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. And And actually, with that Godzilla, because I guess when you do a Godzilla film, they give you like a a manual for how like the physical space requirements for Godzilla for how like his proportions like what he looks like how to treat him the guy is a legend he is such a piece of of Japanese culture and Roland Emmerich just like shredded that and made hot Godzilla and really just like shit all over Godzilla's legacy to the point where actors who had played Godzilla during the screening of the film walked out. Mm-hmm. They were just like, we're done with this. This is, um, what was it? One of them, they basically just said, like, well, I guess he's got Godzilla's spirit. <laughs> Which is well, the bless your heart of Godzilla films. That um, really is, yeah. <laughs> and it is referred to by fans as Gino. Godzilla in name only, which is a term coined by uh, a, a critic of this film. Mm-hmm. And also, um, they wound up re- reworking this Godzilla into the official Godzilla canon by calling him Zilla and putting him in, I think it was Godzilla Final Wars, as just like a one-off like scene where he fights the re- one and only true Godzilla and gets his shit wrecked in like 20 seconds. Good. Good. This is... This is the bad Godzilla. This is the bad Godzilla, yeah. Uh, But also, like, the other thing that, the thing that pisses me off about this movie, like, knowing some of the production history, like, 
during pre-production, they like hired Stan Winston to who, you know, famously did, you know, the Terminator design, the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park, things like that to make a Godzilla sort of like to design an American Godzilla. And it looks like the Godzilla that we all know and love. And then Roland Emmerich came onto the project and said, basically, fuck all of that. We want to make the Godzilla for the 90s, basically, and make it look like a giant lizard for no reason. A giant, he wears a backwards hat. And <laughs> he's got Zubaz. <laughs> he's wearing Reebok pumps for some reason. We don't know why. But he just threw the Stan Winston design away and then made up his own Godzilla and said, hey, let's design this whole movie to kind of look and sound like Jurassic Park. And also, let's make fun of Jurassic Park. So yeah, you had, I, the, you, you had the Jurassic Park guy and then you threw his work away. Yeah. And my, my husband described this as they're trying to be Independence Day and Jurassic Park. And you could see scenes just ripped wholesale mm-hmm, th- yeah. from Jurassic Park. The scene where uh, Audrey and Animal are running through. Uh, they're trapped in the, the locker room at Madison Square Garden. It's just, it's ripped right from Jurassic Park. Yeah, and they're running from, like, baby T-Rexes. Yeah. And, or rather, baby Godzillas, excuse me. Yeah. And the scene, you know, the the scenes where they're, you know, flying through Manhattan, shooting up buildings, most likely still occupied oh, by yeah. people who couldn't get out, chasing after Godzilla, those are the canyon scenes from Independence Day. Mm-hmm. It's pretty pathetic. It re- It really is. Like, it's glaringly obvious they're kind of just, like, borrowing their old shit and saying, let's just reuse this. <laughs> no one will notice. They're going to be so excited by Hot Godzilla. Exactly. I mean, he's so hot. How could you not look at him? Yeah, it's... Avert yeah. your gaze. Uh, <laughs> uh, <What's up? laughs> so, yeah, Heroes is a great song. Let's get back to that for a second. Yes. Let's get back I, to the one good thing about this film. I think, like, there are... I'm not, like, a big, huge David Bowie fan, but I've always kind of thought that there's, like, two modes of David Bowie. There's the songs that are, like, 100% true David Bowie. Like, nobody can do it the way he does it. Like, most of, like, the Ziggy Stardust era kind of stuff. Or Real Cool World. That, too, yeah. (laughs) But then there's also, like, the David Bowie songs that are just, like, so, like, such a perfect construction that, like, anybody can do it, and it will always sound good. And I think Heroes is one of those songs. Yeah. Like, I've got, on in my iTunes collection, I have, like, four or five different covers of Heroes, and they're all good. Ooh, I'd like to hear some of those sometimes. Uh, like, I've got the Wallflowers one. After watching Stranger Things, I've got the Peter Gabriel version of, of Heroes. Very nice. Um, in researching for this episode, I discovered that Motorhead did a cover of it, and it's kind of amazing. Okay, but if you tell me that there's a postmodern jukebox cover of it, I will kill you. I really don't know, because I, once, I heard, <laughs> once I read Motorhead, I completely stopped, and now I listen to Motorhead, like, nonstop. Okay. Like no, Motorhead did a whole covers album, and like that was my—that's basically my whole weekend. <laughs> okay, I can respect that. I'm good. Um, but yeah, like Heroes is a fantastic song. Yeah. So, all right, your pick—the one that you first like started texting me and telling me you hated me—was <laughs> uh, Jamiroquai's "Deeper Underground," which is also in uh, appears in the film uh, as. Anim- animal played by Hank Azaria and his wife are like taking in people like off the street. They're like staying in their houses, like New York refugees. And again, this song is just playing on the radio in the background, but deeper underground is like one of the other singles from the movie. And I don't know, this is, well, you know, I'll tell you what, let's just dip in real quick and take a listen to it. Something's got to rock me and I can't keep my head. I get nervous in the New York City streets when my leg got I know I'm 
the vocals, some of the sort of electronic elements uh, gave me a migraine. <laughs> they just, they hit in a weird place in my brain that, like, does not accept them. So that made it a little uncomfortable to listen to. The video is also very weird. Again, he's fighting Godzilla. Uh, not really fighting so much as he's in a movie theater. People are watching the film Godzilla. And all of a sudden, Godzilla comes out of the screen, and there's water, and everybody's running, and he's, like, dancing on a taxi cab singing this song. That's a fun video. Like, it, it's it's kind of a ripoff of their earlier video, Virtual Insanity, where he's, like, dancing around a room that's really moving around him. And here, he's, like, dancing along the tops of movie theater seats while there's, like, the water is rising. It's kind of the same thing, but... Uh, I don't know. I I, re- I like this era of music videos. Like, do you remember when music videos tried? Yeah. Do you remember went, that era? I went down a wormhole of like music videos from like '96 to '98 a little while ago, and I was live tweeting them, and people were really excited. <laughs> I missed that. I'm, I'm sorry. It was I so fun that. because it was just like, oh, here's Sean Colvin with "Sunny Came Home." Here's and like as I was watching them, I remembered all of them. I was very surprised that I did not remember Heroes. I remembered it differently. There's not much to remember, honestly. <laughs> I I don't know what I thought I remembered, but I was like, I don't remember him standing around in a building. So, <laughs> um, It's not very heroic, is it? No, but that would, I don't know. But I do like, <laughs> um, I do like this, I, of their soundtrack songs I prefer, I prefer Canned Heat from Napoleon Dynamite, which is another film I hated. Oh yeah, that that's another another good song though. But that's uh, that is a fantastic song. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to bat for that more than um. Uh, that's that's fair. That's fair. Like like uh, uh, in the Jamiroquai canon, like virtual insanity, canned heat, then like ten steps down deeper underground. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, it's I still enjoy it mostly because it's I don't know. It, I had I had this thought the other day while I was riding around listening to this. It's like if Rage Against the Machine and Maroon 5 had a baby, the music is basically Jamiroquai, because it's got the kind of dance pop sort of Maroon 5 sound, but you can tell that they're trying to write lyrics that that are actually about something, even if they don't really know what they're talking about. Yeah, but Jamiroquai doesn't suck, and Maroon 5 sucks hard. Maroon 5 is the smash mouth of the modern era. That is shockingly on point. (laughs) You know, I'm actually I'm missing a Smash Mouth concert to be here recording this tonight. R- really? Yes. Why? You could have could have gone to see Smash Mouth. Yeah, but then I would have had to see Smash Mouth. I'm actually kind of disappointed in you. <laughs> no. You could have been live tweeting a Smash Mouth concert. <laughs> no. After the day I've had today, there was no way I was going to be able to stand around in a town 20 minute, 20 miles from my house, like waiting for Smash Mouth to play. Like it was just not going to happen. Yo, play the song from Digimon. <laughs> play the Digimon song. Eat the eggs and play the Digimon song. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about the eggs. Um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised all, no, Smash I'm Mouth didn't have a song on Godzilla, the album. Yeah, oh, you beat me to it. I was going to say that. There's like two two artists that I really am surprised did not appear on this. And one of them was Smash Mouth and the other was the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, this would have been a good one for Smashing Pumpkins. But I guess if you can't get the Smashing Pumpkins, you get Fuel. Yeah, pretty much. Who I always confuse with Filter and don't like either of them. Hang on. Wait, there's two bands? I guess. I I thought Fuel Filter was the one band. I think they're Fuzz Bubble. Oh, I'm confusing everything tonight. (laughs) Shit. Okay. Well, that's fair. Uh, 
So uh, Libby, uh, take take us on the next wacky turn in this ma- in this magical adventure. Well, I guess I'll talk about the the big hit single, which I always assumed was Heroes because that was the song I heard the most often, and it's the best. But the most successful single was uh, Puff Daddy and Jimmy Page's "Come with Me," which samples Led Zeppelin's "Casimir." Um, and hang on, hang on. you know what? Let, let, I want to I want to play a little bit of that real quick. Can we do that? Okay. Yes. like watching a video of himself like singing a love ballad and then Godzilla smashes through his house and he's like well I'm gonna sing this song about fighting Godzilla and I'm not a huge Puff Daddy fan but I did like the part where he was singing I want to fight you I'm a fucking bite you (laughs) so I'm assuming that this song is from the point of Godzilla Oh, so he's not he's not gonna fight and bite Godzilla, but Godzilla is gonna fight and bite Puff Daddy. Yes. Okay, I I can I can get behind that. Yeah, and I think that that's awesome. Um, my my favorite part of the video is is when Puff Daddy is singing in an elevator that is rocketing to the top of a building, and it shoots through the top of the building, and then he shoots through the top of the elevator, and then he turns into forty doves, and they and, all fly away. Yeah, but then he turns into him wearing a white suit and like floats down to a stage, and then like stares down Godzilla. Yeah, <laughs> and I love that the the orchestra in this is very very cool. It's the best part of the song. Yes, and there's like a in, right in the center. There's like an older woman playing violin. Mm-hmm. And I love her. And I just think, like, <laughs> this is a concert-trained violinist. Probably went to someplace like Juilliard. And she is playing the violin in a Puff Daddy music video for Godzilla <laughs> the album. And she is probably thinking, what has my life come to? This is my 15 minutes of fame? Yes, right here. Oh. I'm standing behind Puff Daddy. He's he is wigging out and throwing off his clothes and he's screaming about something I don't know what probably Godzilla about the, yeah the, he's Godzilla and that's it. There's a and giant screen behind me and Jimmy Page keeps popping up and it's freaking me out. Yeah, it's such a weird. It I I I don't dislike what it does. It's not for me, but I weirdly respect it. Yeah, like I'm okay. Here's my hot take. I think the orchestration in this song is way better than the actual Cashmere song. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's our hot take for tonight. Thank mm-hmm. you. Good night. Come uh, with me. Come with me. Instrumental edition. Yeah, I, I'd like that. Yeah, absolutely. they should have that in the new Godzilla. I looked up the "Come with Me" single, hoping that it would be on there, and unfortunately, it is not. You can't issue a Puff Daddy single and not put Puff Daddy on it. <sighs> apparently. Excuse me, P. Diddy. Excuse me, Diddy. I forget. Excuse me, Sean Combs. Sean Combs. Excuse me, Sean Puffy Combs. And now it's Sean Combs. I don't even know who he is anymore. Sean Puffy Flaherty. What is his name? Sean Puffy Combs. (laughs) Get the fuck out, Sean. (laughs) All right. The, The constant refrain you hear from a lot of people is that this song is bullshit because they ripped off Led Zeppelin. Well, Turnabout's fair play now, isn't it? Because Led Zeppelin ripped off a whole lot of other people. Yeah. 
So I really can't get too mad at, at, at Puff Daddy for this. Yeah, and I mean, it features Jimmy Page. He gave Jimmy Page credit. Yeah, like Jimmy Page act- actively like did the music himself, I think. I'm pretty yeah. sure. And he was in the video. Yeah, what more do you people want? Yeah, so, yeah, I'd just rather I could go the rest of my life without hearing this song again. It's fine. Yeah, I agree. Like, no, I'm not even going to qualify it. I agree. <laughs> what was, let's see here, the last song featured in the film uh, is Air by Ben Folds 5. <laughs> Which I love. I pull him in. He was is in a very strange place in the film yeah where is it because i didn't i didn't hear it in the film so okay so they, they've had their first encounter with godzilla and the military has shot him up to shit and he runs away and retreats meanwhile matthew broderick does his sort of scientist duty and scoops up a pool of blood in a little cup and he's going to test it by going to a pharmacy and buying a shitload of um pregnancy tests and this song is playing in, on the radio in the store while he's doing this. And it's like his first meet cute with Audrey the first time in like eight years. And they have a little, you know, scene. And he has this giant like collection of pregnancy tests in his hands. And she says, you, wow, you must have some harem. <laughs> yeah, Audrey is immensely unpleasant. She's just a, a, a completely unpleasant human being. She's the worst. Yeah. And this film is so strange in its casting. Because following Independence Day, which had Jeff Goldblum, who just come off of Jurassic Park, you had Will Smith, who you know was really on the on the rise, and they thought, yes, let's make an action movie and let's get Ferris Bueller. He seems like an action star. He was he was hot off of the Cable Guy, which made a, not Independence Day dollars. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and I like Matthew Broderick. I met him one time. He is very nice. He is like the shortest dude i've ever met he's like a little hobbit and he's very kind and just very polite and i there there is one shot where the redhead lady who i don't even the redheaded scientist oh like that's, looks, that's it's vicky lewis from news radio yeah she went to the chase meridian school of thirst um because she's just like thirsting all over him and then he runs off with blondie there yeah but, she jumps she just like jumps straight to 10 in the in the the uh, arc of hitting on him just yeah. like, right away. Like, really? Matthew Broderick? But at yeah. one point, she looks up at him, and I'm like, okay, he's like four and a half feet tall. <laughs> so she's literally just a hobbit. There's a, a picture of me with him at an auction at Christie's that my friend Anne and I went to, and I'm wearing probably like two or three inch heels and wear the same height. <laughs> oh my god. I'm 5'3". So... So you're saying he's taller than Tom Cruise? Slightly. <laughs> But not as tall as Godzilla. No, not so, quite. But he is just like small and nice and pleasant. And he, but he does not look like a dude who's going to fight Godzilla. Jean no. Renault looks like a dude who will fight Godzilla. Oh, he will shoot Godzilla in the face. <laughs> but instead he just like complains about coffee and then runs through Madison Square Garden. Mm. And then steals a tape. But, um, but no, this air I really, really, really liked. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I like it's piano Godzilla. We're taking it down. This is sensitive Godzilla for the nineties. 
Like, he's hot, but he wants to hear about your feelings. <laughs> so, you see, is... like, I saw Sorry. him spinning towards the moonlight. So, I really, I'm just assuming because it's on the Godzilla soundtrack that it's a love song about Godzilla. I'm surprised they had the restraint not to play this song and have the chorus, you know, I'm coming up for air, and then have Godzilla come up out of the street. <laughs> you know they wanted to do that. They wanted to so badly, but it's like, no, we have to have this weird, stupid meet cute with Matthew Broderick and the worst lady in the whole world. A meet cute with pregnancy tests. It's great. <laughs> That's the 90s. Waka waka. <laughs> this, it really is like a, a, a scene out of like Friends or something. I know this is just basically Friends with like the episode where the city gets destroyed by Godzilla. You could have put the cast of Friends in this and no one would have known the difference. <laughs> the one with the lizard. Yes. <laughs> because I kept thinking that Animal's wife was Lisa Kudrow. Oh, yeah, I can, I can see that. Like that would have just been a perfect role for her. Courtney Cox could have played Audrey. Um, Jennifer Aniston could have just been a generic blonde lady like she is in everything she's the personification of beige she could have been the horny science lady i guess and worn khakis and just been really bland mm -hmm. um david schwimmer could have played matthew broderick's part or matthew perry i don't really know which one is which i think there's a third guy i don't know i never watched friends i've never seen an episode of friends matt leblanc could have done a shitty french accent and played the french john renault type oh do you call this coffee and i call this america yeah, yeah, exactly. This really could have just been... We're not saying this could have been the Godzilla movie starring the cast of Friends. This could have been an episode of... A, a two-hour episode of Friends with Godzilla in it. Yeah. It's really... <laughs> that's that's how little it sort of adheres to its Godzilla-ness. It's that... It's really... It really is that pitiful. Yeah. So now, now is the point in the show where we have to kind of go off... Uh, off our notes here because that's those are the songs that are in the film we've already talked about all of them and then over over the end credits we get come with me in its entirety and then heroes which i remember now something i wanted to point out about come with me if you listen if you listen to it through the end credits of the movie like if you're actually still watching the movie during the end credits you will find out that uh they use godzilla screams to censor all the swears in the song that's amazing Yes. That's the most amazing. I now love this song forever. And that so then my then my question was how many of the songs on this album use Godzilla screams? And unfortunately the answer is th only 3. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh the most notable one, which is Brain <laughs> Stew, the Godzilla remix by Green Day featuring Godzilla. Like he's in yes. the studio. God the Godzilla remix as in Godzilla did the remix himself. <laughs> I, I I actually like this one a lot. <laughs> no, I hate this one. And I'm trying to think of, like, who a worse collaborator, like, who's more destructive to humanity as far as collaborations with Billy Joe Armstrong, and that's either Morrissey or Godzilla. I'm going to go with Morrissey. They both happened, didn't they? Like, you wouldn't just say that. You wouldn't just make that up. No, his collaboration, uh, uh, Wedding, Wedding, Bell, ah, Wedding Bell Blues, which is oh. a great song. And it's so good with Morrissey, but Morrissey's such a fucking trash fire. <laughs> and well, Godzilla's he... not a trash fire. Godzilla protects all of us. Well, he didn't protect it. He didn't protect us from brain stew. I can't say that with any uh, shred of sincerity because I actually do like this song quite a lot. 
more than the original song off of the Insomniac album. That is actually uh, fairly common. Uh, that's that you're not that you're not the only one. As I was reading up on this, this is generally the preferred version. And I guarantee you, everyone who prefers it was 12 years old in 1998. And also Godzilla. Godzilla makes everything better. Of course he. Th- How does he not make everything better? He would make things better if he ate shit. Morrissey. <laughs> But no, this brain stew, like, I'll, let me go ahead and just play you a bit of, of the, the remixed version here. As time ticks by, still I try. No rest for God, tops in my mind. On my own, here we go. So yeah, like the the original Green Day song is very stripped down. It's basically just like one guitar riff played over and over and over again. But then this version comes in and they they've got like an orchestra going on in the background. They've got some weird like percussion effects. They've got shitloads of Godzilla screams. And it actually kind of matches the song's lyrics about how Billy Joe is going crazy and he's staying up all night and his eyes are starting to bleed and Which is how I felt when I watched this film. Ha-ha! This, you see, you can relate to this song, Libby. I believe in you. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm mostly am attached to this song because it's kind of it's the my it was my first introduction to Green Day as a kid, and it's what got me into Green Day as a kid. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I I wouldn't say uh, that publicly. Listen, yeah. I have said a lot of embarrassing things publicly on this show. Why stop now? Yeah, well, I just I just admitted how much I love Morrissey. So even though he's a fucking trash fire. I did get you to say that you like the Jamiroquai song, so my work yeah, here is yeah, done. That did, that did, it did grow on me. So see, see, this, welcome, welcome to my carnival of '90s horrors. This is this is pretty '90s horror. Um, mm-hmm. I want to give a little praise to um, "Undercover" by Joey Deluxe, which is another <laughs> stupid song. Talking magic, a laugh, and a little affection. Some alcoholic persuasion And you're grooving in the proper direction A secret agent man is always a mystery lover A one smooth It's an incredibly it's a, stupid song <laughs> But it is delightfully, unabashedly goofy It kind of reminds me of uh, Reverend Horton Heat and later, he did a really bizarre rendition of uh, Itsy Bitsy Spider for Eight-Legged Freaks. What the fuck? Yeah. So, yeah, let's just jump straight over to Undercover. Let's put a little bit of that in here. Yeah. See, it's pretty good. Uh, it, okay, so my first question is, where would you have put this in the movie? Because it's not in the movie. Um, I don't know. Maybe Godzilla could have had a dance-off. With Matthew Broderick, <laughs> song and dance man Matthew Broderick. Oh, okay. Like a like on Broadway, like they're in New York City. Hey, yeah, exactly. They could have cats in the background, get a little more of that advertisement. Maybe the Lion King. I don't know what was on Broadway at that time. Probably something terrible. Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the uh, Opera. That's yeah. Rent. No, Rent wasn't out yet. <laughs> rent. Um. <laughs> no, I would have had this. Um. In the film, when you first when we first meet. Matthew Broderick, whose character's name is Nick something, and they make, like, this film believes that a joke is if they keep mispronouncing Matthew Broderick's name. Dr. Nico Tapopoulos. Dr. Nick Papadopoulos. Dr. Nico Tapadopoulos. It's Tapopoulos. Whatever. 
Well, and it's a, okay. it's a joke they drop like 20 minutes in, which is fine because it's a terrible joke. But uh, they managed to cram it in like five times. But when we first see him, he's singing to Singing in the Rain. Yes. And I would have put uh, Undercover on the radio there and had him not singing. It's nice to hear Matthew Broderick sing. He's had a very successful Broadway career, mm-hmm. but it's kind of unnecessary. Nick Tatopoulos, like he, he's named after Patrick Tatopoulos, who's like the this is the guy. Patrick Tatopoulos is the guy who designed this Godzilla for this movie. He's the daddy of hot Godzilla. Yeah, he's he's the hot Godzilla daddy, uh, which is a phrase I never thought I would say out loud in any context. So thank you for that. You're welcome. But so I guess all it really is is it's an inside joke where hey, let's get a, let's mispronounce a, the name of a guy on our production team. That's funny, right, America? Did you Just laugh, crickets. America? well we thought it was funny so fuck you america (laughs) it's the worst yeah it's pretty bad but undercover yeah it's (sighs) it's just so goofy it is very goofy like i thought it was a joke when i first heard it and then i listened to it again and thought no they're serious about this i love it (laughs) it feels like it belongs in a romantic comedy (laughs) it feels like it belongs in a movie that doesn't take itself as seriously as godzilla yeah, like if, if this movie were fun, I could see it like like playing in the film somewhere and, and we, making sense. And we know that Devlin and Emma Rich are capable of fun movies. Independence Day is an immensely fun movie. I can't believe they didn't use "It's the End of the World as We Know It," and I feel fine in here. Oh, it would have been so good. Yeah. So why not? Uh, maybe REM wised up. Maybe so. I'm like ah. <laughs> oh, we- the the check the check bounced Roland we're yeah. not gonna play, we're not gonna fall for that trick again <laughs> so, um, so yeah, yeah yeah well I'm gonna talk a little bit about uh, No Shelter by Rage Against the Machine all right so I'm just gonna smash this button and let's play it. I didn't love immediately and then thought, no, this is pretty badass. They kind of shit on Godzilla a little bit. They say, Godzilla, pure motherfucking filler. Get your eyes off the real killer. And it's like, hey, don't disrespect Godzilla like that. We can be mad about all things. But um, a thin line between entertainment and war is a great line. Mm. This song is great. And these guys told Paul Ryan to get fucked. So they will (laughs) always be amazing. Way to go, guys. I read a, an interview with Tom Morello, uh, the guitarist for the band, about basically about this song and how some somebody asked him, like, well, aren't you guys a bunch of hypocrites for taking Godzilla's money and you know helping out with this with the soundtrack? And he basically said, Yeah, well, you know, we 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 dicked around with it for a little while and we met went managed to come up with a pretty good song, so fuck you. Yeah, and it's also <laughs> just like that they could get this in. Some executives just don't get it like they they got their message in on a you know a popcorn film soundtrack they got a really killer song in that has a really great message yeah and and they got away with it they did they absolutely did because i think and some record exec like just high off his balls on cocaine was just like yeah they said godzilla let's go we'll put it in godzilla we'll put it in godzilla it'll be great godzilla 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 and then the theme the, the whole theme of the song is basically that 
bullshit like this movie is the reason that so many like dumb Americans don't pay attention to world events because we're so obsessed with like entertainment and like just watching TV that we don't actually care about what's going on on the evening news or that we, we have blurred that line between entertainment and in real life to the fact that we have a reality show host as our fucking president. Yeah. Like my favorite line in the song is, um, Coca-Cola is back in the veins of Saigon. Oh yeah. Like oh man, Ouch. like that that's like that's like pure strain like cl- the clash right there. It's so good. I know. So respect. We we can't uh we can't finish off the Godzilla no. soundtrack without talking about Rage Against the Machine. Respect, Absolutely guys. Not. Also, Tom Morello apparently helped work on Come With Me. So Oh cool. Yeah. So um, he he was apparently not lying when he said like I got to work with some cool people and also we made a kick-ass song so fuck you. Yeah. So. Good for him. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I don't believe in um in selling out. I don't believe that's a thing. Everybody's got to eat. So yeah, get get paid, son. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and that really kind of rounds out the album. There are other songs that we can talk about, but won't because why would anyone ever talk about Silverchair? Yeah, the Silverchair is one of those bands that I remember um hearing about in eighth grade and i believe they have an album called frog stomp which makes them sound sound infinitely more badass than they actually are <laughs> i will say they do have a pretty good song again i'm going to reference the cable guy uh, their, their song in the cable guy soundtrack is pretty good okay i'll believe um, you okay you're gonna make uh, me watch the cable guy aren't you well, when you put it like that, I'll guess I'll <laughs> say not for a long time. <laughs> so, um, but I really feel there's something really missing on that soundtrack on this on Godzilla the album, because we, we haven't we haven't addressed under the covers. I mean, I guess we could we could have used uh, the wallflowers, but I just feel like they were really missing by not using Blue Oyster Cult's "Go Go Go Godzilla." Well, you know th- that the song it, that song is a little too much fun for this movie. Good I point. Think. Because this movie, it really is just a dire experience. Like, as as hard as they tried to make a fun, like, summer popcorn movie, they really failed. They actually, <laughs> like, really failed hard. And I, I take no amount... Actually, I take a lot of joy in saying that because this movie is a spectacular failure. But I I, I wrote actually wrote something down that I, I, I thought about when I first watched this. And I actually, thinking about it now, it feels more true to me. Like, in... We'll get back to around to your point in a second here. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> but, like, in in trying so hard to, like, remove Godzilla from, like, his original, like, a- atomic horror context and then put him into, like, a 90s blockbuster spectacle, like, the real tragedy of this movie is that they accidentally kind of made a King Kong movie instead. Yeah. Because, like, he Godzilla's not here to to, you know, wipe out New York City for for transgressions that we've made against nature he's just an animal trying to live and then we killed him for it yeah like, the end of this movie his babies yeah and the end of this movie is actually like really tragic because like they blow the fuck out of godzilla's home like his he nests in that madison square garden and they blow it to shit and then they trap him on the brooklyn bridge and then kill him with missiles excuse me her godzilla is no her. godzilla is a is a male it is a male? Yeah, Godzilla this... is referred to as, because he's the king of monsters, he reproduces asexually. Okay. I'll, 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 I, I'll I checked into that, because I was like, huh, that's, I'd never heard that, but I checked in, Godzilla is, um, originally Godzilla was referred to as it, but later, later incarnations referred to Godzilla as he. But remember, this is not that Godzilla. <laughs> this no. is a different Godzilla. 
So let's put that aside for a second. Let's just not acknowledge that because that's a kettle of fish we shouldn't get into. <laughs> Whether or not God's... Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. But basically, yeah, the ending of this movie is very tragic and sad. And like we just killed a, an animal for trying to live. Yeah, and, well... And, and And then... I'm sorry. And then... Like, they immediately cut to, like, people cheering in a house as, like, the news Chiron says, Godzilla destroyed. It's horrible. Yeah, because it's think really of all we could have learned from Godzilla. And honestly, tiny, like, 200 tiny Godzillas is not the worst thing that's ever happened to Madison Square Garden. I mean, they let Billy Joel take a presidency there. How was that any better? How was that? <laughs> nice. <laughs> How is that any different? I don't yeah. see it. You're right. Yeah, You're absolutely exactly. Right. At least at least a bunch of baby Godzillas will put us out of our fucking misery. Sooner or later, yes. <sighs> I would love to see Godzilla eat Billy Joel. <laughs> That's what I want out of the next Godzilla movie. I want to see Godzilla eat Billy Joel. Well, you know, sort of like he... how how Jurassic Park uh, or Jurassic World, rather, they had like Jimmy Buffett running away with margaritas. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's get that Madison Square Garden shot in there, and Billy Joel's just like ambling away, singing Piano Man like the goddamn lounge singer he is, and then just Godzilla goes like Rawr! and eats him. But it's nine p.m. on Saturday. Godzilla don't care. Yeah, Godzilla don't give a shit. <laughs> well, Libby, you might actually get your wish because I heard through the grapevine that they are bringing back the Blue Oyster Cult song for this new Godzilla movie that's coming really? out. Really. It's kind of amazing. Here, let me show you. Saturday morning cartoon Godzilla. I will allow it, but I'm not especially enthused. Well, it's better I, than what we could have gotten, which was like wispy voice girl. Honestly, yeah. And also, like, the last Godzilla, the 2014 Godzilla, is a fat load of bullshit. And it seems like they're trying extremely hard to tell us, like, hey, guys, this is going to be the fun one. Well, I'm excited about this Godzilla. I will go see it at the drive-in. Godzilla is one of those things that I'm, like, constantly disappointed in. Like, I keep yeah. going back to Godzilla, even though it's terrible. Um... But I will see this at the drive-in uh, for two reasons, and one of them is CCH Pounder. Oh, yeah, she is in that movie, isn't because she? Because I just want to hear her yell at King Geirdra. Because <laughs> CCH Pounder yelling at things is, like, one of my... It just... I don't know. It's it. I, I just... I like it. It makes me feel weird. Um, and also, Aisha Hines, uh, who played Annie, uh, who was a member of the decoy squad on The Shield with CCH Pounder, uh, is also a cast member of Godzilla. So it's like a little tiny mini shield reunion. I'm really excited. Like I said, I really just want CCH Pounder to yell at King Kyodra. That's fair. That is perfectly fair. And, and if I... she doesn't, I'm going to be so mad. And I'm going to hold no, out hope. The the new Godzilla, I am holding out hope that is actually going to be fun because uh, this one I know is directed by the guy that did that the movie Krampus from a few years ago, which was a ton of fun, if you've ever seen that. I have not. Uh, Christmas horror movie where where the big monster is like the Santa Claus Krampus monster. It's it's great. Yeah, and I'm they, sure they, my husband did. They got they got that guy to do the new Godzilla. So I'm I'm cautiously hopeful. And this song being kind of fun tells me that they're on the right track. Oh well, there's still time to get CCH Pounder yelling at King Geirdra. 
I know we've got a, a week, a week or so. Uh, you, Make it happen, people. Crazier things have happened. So I'm going to start a fan petition because I'm Do a petulant little nerd. <laughs> so. Change.org petition. Put CCH Pounder in Godzilla screaming at King Ghidra. 25 million uh, signatures now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. Well, dumber things have happened. <laughs> Uh, so I guess uh, we're wrapping things up here. Libby, do you, we've already kind of discussed this, but I'd have to like codify it and say it. Do you think this soundtrack holds together at all? As a strange artifact of 1998, yes. It does not make any sense from the perspective of Godzilla, the film. So I'm going to say no, but that probably serves in its benefit because Godzilla, the film, is terrible. Yeah, like, this is one that is best left to nostalgia, I think. Yeah. Because... It's, maybe it's... take your, your two favorites and, and run with it. I was I was happy to discover that Ben Folds 5 song, but... Mm -hmm, yeah. There are some legitimately good songs in this album, but for the most part, it is kind of just a random collection of rock songs from 1998. Yeah. Now, do you still have this CD? I do. I'm looking at it right now. Nice. Um, that's good, because a lot of it isn't on Spotify. It's, it's very... It's easy to find. I found it on YouTube, but half of it is just deleted off Spotify. So again, hold on to your physical media people. I'm really surprised though. We haven't gotten a record, a record store day reissue because why not? Right. Right. And this is the kind of thing that like, like the, the vinyl people would love to just like make a bright, like puke green vinyl album of, you know? Yeah, exactly. It'd be great with like a bunch of extended tracks and more Godzilla. An instrumental cover of come with me. Yes. Make it happen. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we're going to put a poll up for the best song of the Godzilla soundtrack uh, the day this airs. If you're listening to this in the future, sorry, y'all. Uh, and I think that's going to do it for this episode of the OST Party. I this think is so. Terrible, terrible movie. Don't ever watch it. It's bad. Don't ever watch it unless you, you're like me and you just love watching trash. Yeah. Um, or uh, watch it high on cold pills like I did. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun time. It's a terrible time, but a fun time. <laughs> yes. Uh, so what are we doing next week, Joe? That's a fantastic question. I don't know. We're doing The Wedding Singer. Oh, right. You're right. Uh... <laughs> so we're jumping back to the 80s by way of the 90s. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited. And this is actually a, uh, a, a two-parter, so we won't be able to get through all of it. Because there are two CDs. So we're just yes. going to have to pick the uh, the best tracks from The Wedding Singer. And that's not an easy task. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So it's going to be nice to talk about an, an Adam Sandler movie that just doesn't totally blow. Yeah, because there's a lot of them out there. And the ones that don't suck are uh, few and far between. Yeah. And this one's got the best soundtrack. By a mile. Yes. <laughs> Libby, where can our listeners find you on the internets? You can find me on Twitter at Libby Cudmore, and you can find me on Instagram at record underscore Saturday. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cordial Wombat. And also, if you want to listen to me talk about Christmas movies, I also run a Christmas podcast called Christmas Creeps. So go check that out as well. And you can always find us at OST Party or email us at OSTPartyPod at gmail.com. Yes, if you have uh, uh, questions or comments or recommendations for future soundtracks, we would love to hear them. Or just want to scream like Godzilla. You do you. Send us your best Godzilla roar.
Okay, now we're going to have to post our Godzilla roars. This is going to be fun. <clears throat> I'll let you go first. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Don't die. For OST Party, I'm Joseph Wade. <laughs> and I'm Libby Cudmore. Buy the ticket. Take the ride. Take the ride.